When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome back to the big program, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on the Starcom Radio Network, 20 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Also, iHeartRadio. John Greenberg with us today. He is a, a national sports insider, sports historian, and author of a, a, a lot of books. Uh, we've, we've, we've talked to uh, John on the broadcast in the past and welcoming uh, back to the program, John Greenberg. Now, John, um, we've got a series of topics I want to cover today. First of all, let's talk about Johnny Football. He is uh, going to rehab. Tell, tell us right. a little bit uh, about this story, John. Well, I think uh, the football community is Kind of up to date on it, uh, Johnny Manziel did not uh, have the success that he had at Texas A&M. Uh, yeah. Rookie year was very rough. Okay, he he just didn't just didn't uh, come through. Uh, he didn't win the starting job, and he uh, made uh, life a lot more difficult for himself by uh, you know we we can sit here and, and go through all the uh, things he did on spare time it just is what i would call self-destructive behavior oh yeah and oh yeah you know and and the thing is that makes it really strange is is that he came from a background that most professional athletes do not come from uh he came from upper middle class it could even be upper class background because his great great grandfather uh, Bobby Joe Manziel was a wildcatter, and he struck it big in oil back in the 1930s. And he was also uh, very involved with uh, cockfighting. Uh, he he would uh, be selling these fighting roosters uh, uh, to uh, people who want to engage in that type of stuff all over the country. And, uh, you know, the, the relatives in, in Tyler, Texas, uh, they, they're well known in the community. His great grandfather was a friend of Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey had put money in one of his oil wells, and he and Dempsey were going to put up a 22,000 seat arena, uh, and that that didn't really happen. But uh, that being said, uh, Johnny Manziel, you know his behavior. You say, well, if he came from nothing and he didn't know any better. Uh, they could understand it, but this time, uh, this is somebody uh, that he had a lot of advantages, and uh, he just he just didn't uh, make use of uh, of all the advantages he had. And, and they say, you know, potential doesn't mean too much unless it's realized. And he had a lot of potential, but he just uh, he just hasn't lived up to it. Now he's a, a definite crossroads. Because it's not just his professional football career that is, that's at stake. It's his entire life. And you, you don't want to see somebody uh, just just ruin everything. We've, we've seen too many stories like that lately. And uh, so, you know, you, you get into this and you say, well, we, we hope for the best. But at least the man, I think, has, has 
understood that he has a problem. And that's a big first step. And, and secondly, yeah. he's going to have to make a drastic change, and he's going to have to be patient. He's going to have to be tolerant. And, he, he, you know, it took years to get to this point. It's going to take some time to get back. And can he come back from it? Yes, he can come back from this if uh, if he if he tries as hard as he possibly can. Uh, it's it's very possible, uh, but you know we have to wait and see, and we have to remember too that this should be a lesson to all these uh, young athletes out there that you're going to be judged by the effort that you put forth. You know you may lose a game, but when people are going to look at you. And, and try to come to a conclusion is what effort did you put in? Did you really give it your best? And, uh, and of course, there's personal accountability because you can't be aiming uh, everybody else. It is, all comes down to you. You, the choices that you make are what you become. So I hope that uh, Johnny Mandel is, is you know, going to be able to to pull this together, not so much for his ability as a quarterback, but also his ability in, in life. He's got a long, long uh, way ahead of him, hopefully. You know, he's going to be around a long time. John Greenberg you know. with us today. JohnGreenberg.com is his official website. And uh, Johnny Manziel has uh, sought to help change his old off-field lifestyle. And um, he had a um, interesting and rough rookie season in the uh, National Ball League, we've got National Sports Insider and accredited author uh, John Greenberg with us today. Now, now, John, um, to kind of finish up here on this Johnny Manziel topic, um, if he gets the help that he needs and he gets out, what do you think his next season's going to look like? Well, it's hard to say at this point because he's going to have to uh, prove to the coaches, the management, and the other players that, uh, that he is a different person. And uh, as far as winning the starting position, um, it's possible. But on the other hand, uh, Mr. Hoyer, he did a, you know, he, he filled in, and he is a team man. Um, they say that he's got some, some uh, faults as far as uh, his arm strength or whatever. But, uh, you know, who would you rather have? Would you rather have a guy that is uh, giving every ounce that he possibly can, or are you going to have somebody that that heart is just not in it? Because if they were, why would they be? You know, why would they uh, allow these distractions to be taking over their life? Uh, you know, uh, I heard one report that the big flap that happened with uh, autographing all the items and, and bringing in money for that that there was a lot of it was his family members. They were coming to him with items to autograph. And, you know, you, you have to be very careful about who you're involving into your inner circle. And when you're trying to uh, get away from, we're, we're talking about basically an addiction, when you're trying to get away from an addiction, you may have to distance yourself from those around you who are enabling this addiction, who are, who are, you know, misery loves company. They might be dragging you down with them. So he's got some tough choices to make, and uh, you know, he, he could come out a, a much better person, and a much better man, and, and even a much better football player. But as to what will happen, you know, who knows? But, 
it's uh, it's a, an interesting story in the sense that you know did these things happen in the past? Yeah, they happened in the past, but why why is it such a big story now? Probably because of the money involved. John Greenberg with us today. JohnGreenberg.com is his official website. Now, uh, let's let's change topics here, John. Uh, we've we had uh, uh, a, f- a few interesting uh, folks pass away in the uh, oh in the sports world fairly recently. Let's first of all talk about um, Mr. Cub, of course, uh, Ernie Banks, the uh, power hitting shortstop of the 20th century and uh, unconquerable optimist, passed away fairly recently. Right. Dad at 83, tell me a little bit about uh, Mr. Cub, my friend. Give me your thoughts well, on him. Well, you know, when we talk about Johnny Manziel and then we go to Ernie Banks, it's like going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Yep, yep. Uh, Ernie Banks was the epitome of humility, of uh, grace, being a gracious person, and having a, a real love and a, a gratitude that man, he was grateful just to be able to make a living playing uh, Major League Baseball. And, you know, he's noted for the saying, it's a beautiful day, let's play two today. Yep, yep. You know, and what a lot of people don't uh, remember is that he said it on a day when the Cubs were in Houston playing a doubleheader in the old uh, ballpark before the Astrodome. They had the Houston Colts. And it was a brutally hot day, and he said, it's a beautiful day, let's play two. Well, Banks struck out three times in the first game of the doubleheader, and then he fainted from heat exhaustion before the second game began. But his optimism was always right there. And, and I think another thing we've we got to remember about him, uh, that he, he never begrudged anybody. You never heard a negative comment come from him about uh, how much money the uh, modern ball players are making. And, you know, he, his attitude seemed to be uh, kill him with kindness. Uh, he, ne- he never forgot that uh, he had to live with other human beings and that uh, nobody's perfect. Everybody has, uh, you know, eccentricities and whatnot. But he, he just seemed to be able to get along with everybody. And a lot of people... Uh, forget that after baseball, he ran for alderman in Chicago as a Republican, which is suicide. Yeah, to which nobody wins an office in uh, Chicago as a Republican. But Ernie believed in, in, you know, he he stood up for what he believed in. He ran. He lost the election. And then he and a man who was the uh, first... uh, black man to be an officer in the Army Air Force, they became the first black Ford dealership in America. So, yeah, so he he was involved in, in things other than baseball. Ernie eventually became one of the board members of the Chicago Transit Authority. But uh, he, he was a great ambassador for baseball and for Chicago, and I know uh, I saw a report that they're going to put up a statue of him in the Richard J. Daly Center, which is uh, where all of the uh, county and civic civic offices are located, and uh, he deserves every accolade. And I think uh, it's sad that if people didn't think about Ernie Banks a great deal in recent years until the man passes away, and then 
that's when you hear all these wonderful things. And, you know, maybe uh, some some of these troubled athletes like uh, Johnny Manziel would be uh, well advised to start learning about these people and, and seeking out the ones uh, that have that are whole people. You know, I, I think there's a term out there that, that people should really start to grasp, and that is becoming a whole person. You know, uh, a strong mind, strong body, strong spirit. You know, a person that uh, that uh, stands for things and is principled and are great examples of, of being human beings. And, and, you know, we're talking about Ernie Banks. He was definitely a whole man. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to miss him because anybody like that that is no longer with us will definitely be missed. John Greenberg with us today, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on the Starcom Radio Network, 20-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, talking about uh, a lot of the deaths that have taken place in the world of sports. We uh, just talked about uh, Mr. Cub, Mr. Ernie Banks, who uh, recently passed away at 83. Um, Let's talk a little bit about another legend that passed away fairly recently, Dean Smith. Um, right. He built the University of North Carolina basketball team into a perennial national power in his 36 years right. at Chapel Hill and became one of the game's most respected figures and qualities that uh, transcended the court. He died on Saturday in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He was 83. Give me your thoughts on the great Dean Smith. Well, I wrote a biography, the grand old man, Amos Alonzo Stagg. And uh, Mr. Stagg, uh, he could be regarded by some as a saint. And I think Dean Smith is right there, right there with Amos Alonzo Stagg. Uh, it's so fascinating to me that uh, Stagg coached a man named James Naismith, who was uh, the inventor of basketball, and Stagg is credited as being one of the founders of basketball. And because of uh, Stagg's uh, great uh, reputation, he was relied upon by people in uh, colleges, universities, to recommend men for posts. And he recommended James Naismith to go to the University of Kansas. And Naismith was head basketball coach and dean of men, and he coached a man named Fog Allen, and Fog Allen coached Dean Smith. And uh, Dean Smith is, I guess what you would call him, is just a marvelous example of a human being. Michael Jordan said he was my mentor, my teacher, my second father. And he had he was he was just a superlative man. He lived his beliefs. Uh, he was a voracious reader and, and he wasn't just a person reading uh, novels. He thirsted for ideas. He read books on philosophy. He read uh, multiple newspapers every day, read the editorials primarily. He was a mathematics major. A lot of people don't know that. He, he went to Kansas on an academic scholarship. When he, when he was in high school, he uh, persuaded the principal of his high school to integrate the basketball team so that we would have the best players available. And he was just very, very involved in uh, having society become as fair and as as principled as possible. Uh, he, of course, integrated North Carolina basketball. He helped to integrate uh, one of uh, um, uh, the t- 
town's uh, finest restaurants. He protested the Vietnam War. He, he vigorously opposed capital punishment. Uh, he was in. He, he was fighting for gay rights. He he was really a humanitarian. And I think one of the greatest quotes I ever heard from him was, "You should never be proud of doing what's right. You should just do what's right." And then uh, when you get into basketball, uh, you know, I always thought of Dean Smith as he played football in high school. He played baseball in high school as well as basketball. But he really thought of uh, basketball the way that a football coach does because he was the man who came up with the idea of how often does a possession end in a basket. And uh, this is the way that uh, all the football coaches look at football, is how, what does each possession in a game uh, result in? And uh, he also brought in the idea of multiple offenses and defenses, which is another thing uh, that's part of the game of football, but it really wasn't uh, part of basketball until Dean Smith uh, arrived on the scene. And then, of course, uh, he was... He had that four-corner offense to protect the lead. You know, and I, I worked with Bill Walsh uh, on a project or two, and, and Walsh had the two-minute game when you were behind, and he also had the four-minute game uh, where you would be uh, running certain types of plays and, and making sure that you uh, stayed in bounds in order to make the clock run so that you would be protecting your lead. So this is... Uh, one of the things that really fascinated me about Dean Smith was his perception of, uh, of basketball as being very similar to football, which it was, because it was originally called basket football back when James Naismith uh, put up the beach basket at Springfield College in Massachusetts. So, I, you know, I know a lot of basketball fans, they, they really didn't like that four-corner offense because you'd have like a... Uh, one-point lead, you just let the air out of the ball. And, of course, that's not likely to happen anymore because they brought in a shot clock in the college uh, basketball as well as in the NBA. And uh, so, anyhow, uh, I, I really, as I said before, uh, it's, it's sad when these real giants of life uh, pass away. And uh, Dean Smith, you know, Anything you say about the guy, you know it's going to be good, <clears throat> unless you, you didn't like the four-corner offense, or maybe you were an, uh, a rabid uh, Duke fan or, or something like that. But he was a whole man. Ernie Banks was a whole man. And, boy, I sure hope that Johnny Manziel, I, I hope he becomes a whole man. We've got uh, John Greenberg with us today, coast-to-coast and border-to-border on the Starcom Radio Network. Now, uh, John, before we let you go, give me your thoughts on the uh, passing yesterday, I believe, of Steve Sabol from NFL Films. Tell tell, tell me about that. Well, uh, Steve Sable was uh, an unbelievable uh, part of the NFL. Because uh, what he did was he, he really brought the game into mass consciousness. Uh, they were, that was, remember when Howard Cosell was doing the halftime highlights? And maybe you remember uh, when uh, they would have the shows that would go on called This Week in the NFL. 
Yeah, they would yep. be showing all these highlights. And then they also uh, hired a composer in Germany to come up with this with this soundtrack, this music that they were playing. Yeah, and it's it's stuck into the national consciousness. And and I really, I really think that uh, the NFL owes a big debt uh, to the entire Sable family. And it's uh, it's sad that that he passed. He was afflicted. I, I know he had uh, cancer or a brain tumor or some uh, serious problem like that. But as I said, we're talking about uh, real legends. Uh, Dean Smith, Sable, uh, Ernie Banks, and I just hope that we're going to have uh, the newer generation, the younger generation, that we will have them stepping up uh, to the fore. And as Dean Smith said, look, you know, you shouldn't uh, be uh, uh, given an honor for doing the right thing. Just just do the right thing and uh, do all you can to uh, to become a real whole person and you'll you will be much better off and much happier in life. Well, good stuff. So, well, well, John. Know, I that, uh, yes. I think that Steve Sable is a guy that really embraced life. And and so did Dean Smith and so did Ernie and I hope that Johnny Manziel is is on track to to really embracing well, uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, John, thanks for being with us today. Really enjoyed the conversation, okay. my friend. Thank you very much, Jim. Definitely. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, John. John Greenberg with us today here on the broadcast. We're going to take a time out. Be back with more. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.